He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Welcome back to Scream 101. It's me, your old friend Brennan. And me, your creepy Uncle Sergio. Oh. You know what? Scratch that. And me, your creepy Tio Sergio. <laughs> Hola, Tio. Hola, Brennan. ¿Qué tal? Okay, so continue. We're back. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, It's been a minute. I lost my voice. And also work things happened for both of us. It's been a very stressful time. and But we're back. We're relaunching. I guess we could call this season three of Scream 101, but we're we're switching things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, the things that I said were going to happen in the previous episode are no longer going to happen. Do you even remember what you said? Yeah, of course. I don't remember anything. Hopefully nobody else does, though, because we're not doing them. Okay, cool. Um, yes. So we're rebooting the show a little bit because we both have some some like further responsibilities in works and things and just things that are stressful on our plates um we are going to become a bi-weekly podcast just like our beloved attack of the queer wolf um we're actually going to run on the opposite weeks of queer wolf just to be fun for everyone mm-hmm. just to give people some content more me all the time say, yeah just so you can have your weekly dose of brennan yeah um but yes so that is happening but also um something that thought would be fun is that we are still going to be doing marathons of movies but they're not maybe not going to be as full but they are going to be tied in with current releases so we're going to be doing movies that are kind of in and around things that are coming to theater so it'll be a little more contemporary and a little more fun to like you know dive into you know and and research the background of like things that are be coming out exactly and it's fun for everyone you the viewer can watch the modern movies at home and we the makers can watch the old movies on the podcast how do you watch new movies at home if they're in theaters are you pirating AMC is releasing some kind of weird subscription service. You guys can find out about it and let me know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're, we're starting off with an in-theaters review, and then we're going to be doing the kind of background reviews just because that's how the schedule worked out. Mm-hmm. We're, today we're doing 2020's The Invisible Man, and uh, in two weeks we're going to be doing the original The Invisible Man, the James Whale one from 1933. Um, James Whale, that name sounds familiar. It should. We watched a whole movie about him. It's really? called Of Gods and Monsters. I love him. Yeah. Could you put the microphone by your mouth? I'm putting it by my mouth. Thank I know you. it's been a minute since we recorded, but you shouldn't have forgotten how to use a microphone. It's been so long. Using a mic doesn't come easy to me. I wasn't in theater in high school, Brennan. Okay. You have been podcasting for several years. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's never come easy to me to put the <laughs> mic near my face. It really hasn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I let the listeners in behind the curtain on this one, but usually I just make frantic hand motions for him to put the microphone up to his mouth and not just point it at his shoulder or whatever you like to do. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like to hold it like a prop. I just feel like it can hear what I'm saying. That's the entire point. Yeah, but like I don't need to be so close for that to happen. I can be here and you can hear me just fine. Oh, no, they can't. 
I can't have to be this close? Yeah. Why do I have to be this close? This is like obscenely close. It's not like a strong microphone. See how mine is like almost touching my lips? Dangerously so? Sexily so? Erotically charged? I was going to say, like, that just seems like your natural, like, uh, thing. You know, you like a mic. Well, that's why people can hear me. Okay. Uh, is, the mov- is, the <laughs> is the movie Like Mike about me? Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, let's do some... <laughs> Sorry, this is going to be a really punchy, weird one. Already, you know. It's been forever it, since we've been on this thing. It's been for. Oh, my God. Put the microphone in your mouth. I will. Yeah, there. Perfect. Oh, he's Augustus glooping it now. <laughs> you said put it in your mouth. Well, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, it's 11 p.m. after we got out of a screening of The Invisible Man. Um, I've been up since 6. Yeah, and I've been up since about then also. Um, but yeah, so it's been, it's wild. It's going to be wet and wild. We have no notes prepped because we were like, we're just going to record it. Let's see how it goes. And speaking of, we're going to do our 10 word reviews of movies we watched in the past, uh, month. <laughs> how many movies do, are we going to review? We're going to do like two or three. I'll okay. just pick two, two or three of the new ones. Okay. Um, Go for it. but they might not be 10 words cause we're making them up right now. Let's start with Emma, which we watched yesterday. Um, you know, the new version of Emma by, uh, Autumn Wild, the Wild or something. Autumn yeah, the Wild, right? Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my don't let my lack of remembering her name fool you. It was a good movie. That's my review. <laughs> that was your, your review. What's your review? Um, hold on, let me find my thing on Letterbox. Okay. Um, while you're doing that, I will say briefly that Emma really was a luscious visual experience. Okay, hold on, you're stealing my review. Okay. So whimsical yet heartfelt, and a feast for the eyes as well. Yes, exactly. And also it's the 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 movie and I knew it would be from the trailer and I was right. It's the movie that best captures in her time period how vile and sarcastic all of the like portrayals of these characters are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what I wanted from it. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I also had a fun time. And now, um let's do a ten review of and I have practiced this uh Shimongolzada Satan. Um, it's the Bollywood movie that we watched. Um, it is, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, it's, it's one of the first LGBTQ themed Bollywood rom-coms that centers around a gay male couple. Um, following it in. Yeah. Following the decriminalization of homosexuality in India. So there is a lot of cultural context around this, but it's a very, you know, delightful Bollywood movie. What's your review, Serge? What was your review? I'm going to get to it. I was like, I'm formulating. I was like, you basically gave like a full on synopsis of the movie right now. Well, I wanted people to know. Also, if you want to look up the movie, I'm the, the title will be written in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> because my butchering of Hindi is not going to help anyone find anything. <laughs> all right. So my review of the movie is um, more gay than any, than all of Disney's gay characters. <laughs> That's so true. Like it was surprisingly unchaste for a movie where it's like first of its kind mm-hmm. like there was definitely it was only making out pretty mm-hmm. much but there was lots of them lots mm-hmm. of makeouts yeah um i don't have a review other than like i will i have devoted myself to watching way more bollywood movies because i have wanted in my life okay, I w- hold on so one thing you have to know about brent is that he randomly breaks out into song and also dance none of it is particularly good but boy, does he have spirit and heart. Yes. And much like Bollywood movies, you know, uh, the singing and dancing is not necessarily good in them, but they have heart. I 
I don't agree. Okay, I mean, I mean, it doesn't make sense necessarily from a Western perspective as to why people would randomly start dancing on a train. Yes, that doesn't make it not good. <laughs> no, no, I, I realize what I was saying. Yeah, okay. I, I, I take that back. Uh-huh. It's perfectly fine in what it's doing, and it certainly appeases Brennan's tastes and that, sensibilities. No, it, it's exactly the world I want to be living in. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's what I need from my movies, uh-huh. and it honestly is the cinematic language that I speak. Mm-hmm. Like Hindi is not the language that I speak, but the random two minute musical number on a train is exactly like my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be fair, I also admit that it was a good scene and a fun scene. I was just confused as to whether or not they were singing with their real voices because it sounded auto-tuned the fuck out. Well, that, that one was weird because it did seem to blend like a pop song. So yeah. it was like the chorus was not them singing. Okay, because I wasn't sure who was singing who wasn't. Um, and I thought the whole point is that, like of a musical is that they sing. Um, but I will I mean, say this. That finale number was great. Oh, I'll yeah. cheap. Well, okay. <laughs> Sorry. It was just, it was all in one room. Otherwise, it's a lush experience with this kind of like overflowing family comedy. It does have some, you know, obviously kind of retrograde stuff going on in terms of like, you know, we're dealing with the parents not wanting their kid to be homosexual. And there is, it, it, it is a more, more violent reaction than you'd probably get in an American movie, but it, and it's played for laughs, which is kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, it's hard is in the right place. And I think it accomplishes what it set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just trigger warning. <laughs> Um, and real before we do this last one, Brahms the boy too. Oh, um, could not have predicted how silly it would be. Absolutely true. Um, fun for what it is, which is stupid, stupid garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, a lot of people really hated this movie and I was like, you know what? I can live with it, but it was, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Let's do The Invisible Man. We've been talking for a long time already. Um, here is the plot of The Invisible Man. When Cecilia's... Ab- oh, we are going to be spoiling it, by the way. Um, I know it's new in theaters, but spoilers are coming. When Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she's being hunted by someone nobody can see. Um, all right. We rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. And Sergio, what's your scariness score? My scariness, <laughs> <laughs> my scariness score is going to be a four. Ooh! I jumped at certain points in this movie. We both. There was one that we both bonded on. <laughs> we, we, we actually like <laughs> shouted in the theater. Yeah, I haven't shouted in the theater in such a long time. I don't think since The Conjuring. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I was thoroughly frightened at. A really good use of paint, we shall say. Ha. Okay. By I mean, Microsoft Paint. Oh my frightening. god. Frightening. That is frightening. Um, but yeah, I'm giving this probably a three out of five. Like I thought it was a very tense thriller, but I, other than that, like one moment which I thought was really effective, I was just enjoying it. I wasn't like you know terrified of it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, ooh, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, sorry, I, I I took like brief notes on my phone after the movie. Um, but it's just a whole thing. I mean, obviously there's the, uh, like believe women angle of it where it's like, you know, you're, you obviously know that she's not crazy. She saw a pair of invisible feet stepping on a sheet and she couldn't pull the sheet away. So it's like, she's not making this up. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously everybody thinks she is because 
you know, she just seems, you know, out of her mind. Um, so obviously that element is, you know, part scary. of scary. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. I would want people to believe me and I don't know that they would. That's true. This is the second But I'm a white man, so <laughs> Is this the second movie that Elizabeth um Moss has done in which she is convinced that or people are convinced that she's mentally unstable? What's the other one? Uh that one that uh, I think Steven Soderbergh did with her. Uh is it like a camera or something? If you're talking about unsane, that was Claire Foy. Oh, that is true. They both look the same. I I don't think so. Because if I if I saw Elizabeth Moss on the street, I would say, oh, that's Elizabeth Moss. If I saw Claire Foy on the street, I'd say nothing. That's potentially Elizabeth Moss. No, I, would, I wouldn't even notice. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, another white woman walked past me. Fine. She was blonde in that movie, I think. Okay. Elizabeth Moss. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Scary. Very frightening. Um, but yes, um, Elizabeth Moss just, I mean... How crushed by the patriarchy is Elizabeth Moss? She has herself a tough time she between The does. Handmaid's Tale and Mad Men and this. She's really made a living off of the patriarchy. <laughs> Just emptying her out. I approve of her decisions and all of her acting. And nothing else. <laughs> well, I don't approve of her like personal decisions necessarily. Um, but yeah, she's... Uh, she was great in this. Um, she was. She really sold it. Were there any other scary moments that stood out to you, Brennan? I mean, there is the her throwing paint on the Invisible Man, and you do like you see his face, and it's kind of this uncanny. Um, well, okay, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, obviously, her ex boyfriend is not dead. He's trying to like torture her and drive her crazy mm-hmm. and gaslight her. Um, but he has invented this invisibility suit that's made of all these little cameras that kind of render him invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got this kind of hexagonal, like a uh, honeycomb shape, mm-hmm. which uh, director writer Lee Winnell seems to love because his, um, in the movie upgrade, everything in the future is honeycomb shaped. <laughs> so that's just, I think in his mind, what technology looks like. I love a honeycomb. Oh yeah. No, it's not bad. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not like insulting it, but I'm just like, I, that, that's kind of where his mind is. I think. I think honeycombs are like big right now. When we were in Santa Monica the other day at that chocolate shop, it was literally like in the shape of honeycomb. That is true. They also sold speakers that were in the shape of honeycomb. That is true. So and they also the sold. Rich can afford. Yeah. Well, al- only the rich could afford that jar of all, like that jar of what? 16 chocolate covered almonds. That was $22. There was multiple in there. They're still not done. <laughs> okay. Um, but yes. So it's this kind of uncanny, like alien honeycomb-esque head that's very oval and strange. And it's covered in paint and it's way too close to her own face. And it's just, it was a shocking moment. Um, oh, also the moment where her sister dies. Oh, yeah. Um, that thought- wasn't that scary. That was just like gruesome. Well, yeah. I mean, it was affecting. I thought it was really well done as a thriller moment like a kind of shock moment Mm -hmm. yeah because you did not see that coming at all yeah because elizabeth must starts to tell her like i have evidence that he has this invisibility suit and then you can see that her sister's kind of distracted Uh and not listening and you're like what's going on and then you notice that a knife is floating in front of her and you're like oh no she believes him and then her throat is slashed yeah (laughs) and it's like oh that this has been about two seconds Mm. it was intense it was very intense in the blink of an eye if you blinked you would have missed it and I'm um, glad I didn't. Uh, any other scary things that pop out? Um, I liked the... I don't know the girl's name. I know her as a character on 
uh, Euphoria. She's the child actress in the movie. Oh, really? Um, um, yeah. The character's name is Sydney. Sydney. Um, Sydney, like, it's towards the end of the movie. Um, it's been revealed that, yes, uh, uh, there is a man after them, like, this intent on destroying the life of Elizabeth Moss's character. And she warns them. And then the next thing that you see is Sydney in bed. And Sydney hears something. And Sydney reaches for the pepper spray. And, like, the queen that she is, she sprays his ass. Oh, yeah. And she runs for it. That was kind of great. And then, like, you know, she just sprays the air and, like, a bunch of her stuff gets knocked over and she freaks out. Yeah. It was good. Because that was her original intent the first time to spray. But mm. then she was, like, her dad was, like, who are you going to spray? Yeah. Who do you see here? She was right. And, yeah. Oh. um, The girl is a Storm Reed. She was the lead of A Wrinkle in Time. And she has definitely pubertized quite a bit since then because she looks years older although it probably took a long time for wrinkle in time to be finished yeah but it was released in like 2017 2018 2018 really yeah so soon so recent she just seems like because a lot of the plot line is about her like trying to get into a college Mm -hmm. and she definitely seemed like a child child in wrinkle in time yeah um so i didn't even make that connection yeah she's i guess playing older in this movie because she plays like 15 in euphoria or something okay so she's she's probably like 32 you know she's one of those people that can bounce around ages like beanie feldstein yeah beanie feldstein really is every age yeah it in a year she's gonna be playing a mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're just gonna have to live with it Mm -hmm. she'll be playing monica Lewinsky. oh yeah she is that's gonna be something all right so what else is popping in this movie aldous hodge who plays the dad of storm reed yeah that's not frightening though his his butt is popping. It's not frightening. It's, it's frightening how attractive he is. It's inviting. It's intimidating. It's but not scary. What yeah. others? Co- Brendan, I'm trying to keep us on these categories here. Okay, well, let's do campiness. All right, so campiness, one. No, two. I would say two also because Lee Winnell does have a very distinct sense of humor that does work its way in occasionally, mm-hmm. but not enough. It's not like a distracting, like it's no. just, a, you know, satisfying comic relief moments. Yeah. And I would say that those are mostly towards the end. Um, after everything is all said and done. And I feel like it's Elizabeth Moss's character when she's like, he died, right? He killed himself. Oh yeah. It was funny. Um, I did like the part where she finds out that his brother was in on it too, mm-hmm. which that scene was intense too. Mm-hmm. When he, the f- brother finally lifts the facade and he's like, he obviously he knows what you're doing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but she calls him a jellyfish cause he's or like a jellyfish version of him. She's uh-huh. like, you're a sociopathic narcissist, just like him, just without a spine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty great. Yeah. That scene erupted such a reaction from the audience that we were it in. really did our audience was great yeah i was like i didn't know that people would respond so well uh to an insult like calling someone a jellyfish but lo and behold elizabeth moss pulled off that line yeah and then later storm reed had a shirt with a jellyfish on it and like did she really yeah she did and then i guess that was to tip us off that the invisible man attacking her was the brother i just made a, a genius connection write about it in your dissertation i will um, I'm sure the IMDb trivia already says it, and yeah. it's just like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes. notes for your dissertation. Sure. Um, yes. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. There's also a really funny, nice scene. Um, like right when Elizabeth Moss is starting to recover and hasn't been attacked by the Invisible Man yet. 
um, where she's like getting money from his estate, which is all part of the big trick. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's starting a college fund for the girl, Sydney. And it's all part of this like kind of prank that she, not prank, but like double gift present where the first gift is kind of disappointing. It's just like she bought them a ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has to use the ladder to like climb up and get her actual present. And that was just really sweet. And there's a lot of really funny banter in that scene. Mm-hmm. I thought most of the scenes with the sister were pretty funny as well. How about her dressing down that waiter? Oh, yeah. That was great. I love her because she's like a lawyer, right? Is I guess. Is a lawyer? Well, her sister was her lawyer and his brother was his lawyer. And everyone's related to lawyers here. <laughs> White oh, people. Yeah. Um, so, because... She was letting that okay. So some context, right? She's a lawyer, so presumably she's in fancy places a lot more um, commonly, more regularly Frequently. than I, you or I, right? Because uh-huh. if we were in a restaurant like that, we would feel uncomfortable. We would leave. We would take one look at the menu, see that there are no prices listed, and know that we are not invited in this establishment. Look, I don't approve of talking down to waiters at all, um, but I approved of her like rebelling against the dumb like theme of the restaurant where he was like, we do things a little differently here. And she's like, look, we order food and we eat it. I get it. Yeah. Like, let's do let's do this. Exactly. So it was so sad to see her go. Yeah. Right after that scene, the waiter. Look, I would have blamed the waiter. Like the, it's more believable that he would have murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has a motive to do so. <laughs> yes, he does. But he was hot. Everyone in this movie was hot. Everyone. Um, yeah, we, Good we, casting. we talked a little bit about James, the dad who in every scene seems to reveal a new, like cobblestone covered part of his body <laughs> where it's like, Oh, his shoulders are showing in this scene and they're about two yards long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's a scene in the or early on where he's like getting something out of the fridge and you're like, Oh, well that's, that's like three asses worth of ass. <laughs> um, he just, he's got a lot going on. It's it's very complicated. God bless him. Mm-hmm. And also, the Invisible Man is actually also super hot. Um, I'll just say the actor is hot because you know the character is obviously an abusive monster, mm-hmm. um, liter- literally a monster <laughs> who is freakishly strong, by the way. Yeah, and he is very. He has good like reflexes and stuff. Yeah, like we're supposed to believe that he can. Obviously, he's invisible, so maybe he's using some sort of super invisibility strength. Or, I don't know, doing something, uh-huh. using his leg to hold her up or something. But he presumably picks her up with one hand and holds her, and she just looks like she's levitating. Like, mm-hmm. I I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And he's, look, he's hot, but he's not, like, jacked. He's just, like, some dude. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe it's implied that the costume itself has some strength with it? Like Ant-Man style? Yeah, because maybe not like an insane amount, mm. um, but like just it amplifies her strength because she was able to slit his throat and presumably like he's stronger than her. He'll be able to resist her doing that. Perhaps. Um, but also early on, I mean, I do think this scene was too set, the fact that he's freakishly strong, but early on when he catches up with her, like trying to escape the house where, mm-hmm. where they live together, mm-hmm. he punches through a car window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember thinking, hmm. He's going to do some crazy shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what's your effect score? Three. All right. I think the effects, the honeycomb effects that we talked, well, you talked about at length regarding the Invisible Man's costume mm. were pretty good. And then the costume going in and out after she stabbed and exposed him, mm. after she like was willing to kill herself to get him to act, uh, that scene was pretty, pretty good. 
Yeah, that was good. I like getting to see see it in those kind of flashes and glimpses, and it's it's this un it's an uncanny image. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, like when he's invisible, things are uncanny too. Mm-hmm. Where we never the scene from the trailer where she's like, "There's someone in that chair." That never actually happened. I didn't um, see it. Yeah, but like that kind of thing where there's just something slightly off about a situation. Like I'm giving it a four. Like I, I think they did a good job and you know, it's, it's a lot of simple stuff. What do you not, uh, do not approve? No, I just don't think there were enough effects for it to be earned a four. I think it was all very sleek and well done and mm-hmm. perfectly thought out. But in terms of like, were there insane effects that I'm going to remember? Probably not. Well, it's not like reanimator, but, um, it's a more subtle thing where the effect is more like, the lack of an effect or the lack of something rather than the presence of something. But I think that's harder to do than it seems. It sounds kind of like pretentious nonsense. No, but it's just like, you know, literally just making like footsteps on a sheet, Mm -hmm. like making something look like that. Mm -hmm. It's not like incredibly easy to do. Mm -hmm. It's also not incredibly difficult. No, but it's, it's elegant. Yeah. And it merits a three, not a four. Well, Agree to disagree. Okay. What's your quality score? Five. Whoa. Holy shit. Okay. Really? Fine. I'd give it a four. I'm, um, I'm not trying to dis- talk you down. Well, Brennan, make up your mind. Cause you no, I, not to I like got my excited. Numbers. I was just like, because you don't necessarily usually like love the movies that we watch. Man, I'm being nice. I'm giving it a five. All right. I'm feeling it right now. Cool. Um, vibing. Yeah. So it was really good. It was... Not necessarily good from start to finish. I thought the beginning was a little bit slow to pick up. It is. And it's a two-hour movie. That's unusual for Blumhouse. Yeah. I thought that the earning, like the beginning act, I was like, just hurry up and get out of this house so we can like get started with him torturing you. Uh-huh. Because I'm like, this is taking just too long. Oh, yeah. No, because she's trying to escape his house, and she like goes over to the sink and does some stuff with some drugs. She seems to put drugs into water and then pour it out, and I was very confused by that. Um, because she had already drugged him and I'm like, well, what are we doing with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was to show that she was just truly afraid of him. Like she had the upper hand and yet she knew like just how delicate the situation mm-hmm. was and how much she feared him. Uh, I thought it wasn't necessary at all to show us like a minute of water hitting rock. And then that's how we reveal the name of the movie. It was just, it was just the credits. It was neat. It was too long. Okay. And then it, I felt like we looked at the ocean for too much in this movie. We did. It was not really a major player in yeah, the movie. It, wasn't. it was just like we have access to this house that l- overlooks the ocean, uh-huh. which granted L- it was a gorgeous, beautiful yeah. home. You know, nothing is more beautiful in this world than California real estate. Um, but but yeah, like it just didn't do anything. It was just beautiful shots that I felt were taking up time in a two hour movie. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, that opening scene where she sneaks out while he's asleep, she like goes to the closet and she opens up a thing and pulls out her go bag and then she pours a bunch of stuff into her go bag and I'm like, all right, let's go. And then she like pulls out a little step stool and like moves a camera and I'm just like, girl, what are you doing? Just leave. Yeah. And then she goes like into his like laboratory and does a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, you need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. This man's going to wake up. Mm-hmm. You're really wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, did I say what I'm giving it? I am giving it a four. Um, I had a really good time in this movie. Elizabeth Moss is great. Mm-hmm. Um, her wild-eyed monologuing is <laughs> superb. <laughs> 
Um, men the are tension, hot. The tension, just the subtly slow build of tension, so good. Yeah, and then the final act. Um, normal, like okay. So this is what I was afraid of for the movie. Okay, I was afraid that it was gonna have more than one final act, which movies love to do. And it kind of did. And it did, but it worked. It it yeah it more had and like the final confrontation with the invisible man turned out to be something different than I thought it would be. It yeah. wasn't another like knockdown drag out fight. Exactly, it was two entirely different scenes um, that satisfied different needs for the movie, um, or needs for the viewer, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just really well done because I was like, oh god, I'm gonna see her have to like struggle and fight for and like yeah. you know do this again. Um, but no, she won on her terms. She did. Yeah. That. Yeah, it it that is interesting that you bring that up. Like it ends with a climactic scene of dialogue mm-hmm. and not action, mm-hmm. which which I love. Yeah, which I think was a good cool down, uh-huh. um, which leads to this like one explosive moment mm-hmm. where where she does like slice his own throat, mm-hmm. um, and makes it look like a suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. That that is really interesting because I was also worried because I was like when we found out that the Invisible Man attacking the house was the brother, it's like. Oh yeah, we're gonna like you can you can just feel the like like plus twenty minutes being mm-hmm. added to the movie, and you're like, mm, yeah, ugh, I gotta my butt's starting to get numb. I have cupcakes waiting for me at home. Uh huh. Um, yeah. One thing that I forgot to mention in reference to the comedic lightness of this movie mm-hmm. uh, is right after she slices his throat, he presumably goes on to die. She calls the cops and she moves out of frame of the camera and she just gives him a look of smug satisfaction. And well, yeah, it and was the best look ever. Yeah, and she's well, she's playing up her tears for the camera mm-hmm. to be like, oh no, oh no. So, you know, obviously she's not a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when she's out of range of the camera, just it falls flat. And, you know, and the audience cheered. Yeah. It was great. Everyone was, I think maybe one person booed. What? Yeah, one person, one man. I don't think that's true. I think one. Per- I heard a boo okay. or a woo, but I definitely heard an ooh sound. Okay, maybe he's like ooh. Was it you? Did I hear you? <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I heard you in the theater. Probably. I was right. talking to you. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, you're back to me most of the movie. Well, because you you sat next to the, where the lights were, and I can't look at them. Okay. Anyway, um. Yeah, no, I I thought it was cool to end on a dialogue scene, and Lee Winnell's dialogue I find to be strong and only getting stronger. This is definitely his like most sophisticated and like well thought out like piece as a whole. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's doing a good job. I yeah, I thought um the character dynamics between every the entire cast was really good, um, and it definitely like it's the moment right now you know like listen to women mm-hmm. yeah and then women and minority characters teaming up to take down the man yeah um i will say like you know obviously this isn't the first movie about a woman not being believed about horrible things mm-hmm. it's obviously at a very timely point i don't even know why i'm bringing this up i'm just saying there's a long history of like horror films like being well, being awful to women, but also in service <laughs> of their stories. Uh-huh. Um, like, you know, putting them through the ringer, mm-hmm. but also, like, you know, depicting things about, like, hey, you know, the things that they go through are horrible and we should pay attention to them. Uh-huh. Like, going back to, like, Rosemary's Baby or even I Married a Monster from Outer Space, uh-huh. <laughs> which is fun. Anyway, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Oh, that movie's great. Um, what are you even talking about at this point? I'm talking about women not being believed in movies. 
was the 50 foot woman not believed? She Did people not. think she was 49 feet? No. Well, the thing is, she was first attacked by an alien that made her 50 feet. Um, and when she was attacked by the alien, no one believed her. Oh, this is wasting my time. So, Brennan, you told me once that they're going to make like a weird kind of monsters universe. The universal pictures are. Oh, that's not really happening anymore. Okay. Because I'm like, is the like twist going to be that they're all women characters? Because you got the lady mummy. You got the lady invisible man now because she walked out of that move out of that movie with a costume that would make her invisible. Uh-huh. So is it just going to be ladies doing ladies now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, ladies being ladies or ladies being monsters. No, I think the uh, universal dark universe is like dead as a doornail. Or at least they're t- I think they're doing like an Angelina Jolie, Bride of Frankenstein still or like the Johnny Depp. Wolfman or Invisible Man or something. We just saw the Invisible Man. I know. Maybe it's not that. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> They're all bad except for this one because Lee Winnell and Blumhouse did it. But the other ones are just universal, just kind of stinking the place up and being like, uh, I guess Russell Crowe is Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Wow. It's really a league of extraordinary gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this movie? No, get yourself to a theater and watch it. Get thee to a nunnery. Get thee to a theater. Yes. Stick to what I said. Don't put words in my mouth. You're right. Um, okay. So, yes, we are going to be airing every two weeks now. So I'm sorry you'll miss us. Ain't no uh, one going to care. Well, Jamie does. He tweeted at us. He was very upset. I know. Anyway. <laughs> um but yes, we're back. We're going to be back I'm every so two tired. weeks. Next week, we're doing the 1933 Invisible Man. Um, we're going to be playing around in the Invisible Man sphere for a little bit. Um, and then we're going to get into some Candyman um, leading into the summer. But yeah, so that's going to be fun. I'm really excited to be a little more contemporary. Mm-hmm. And I hope you liked this wild-ass episode. And we'll we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Until then, good luck on your journey. Stay cold, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.